All right, what's up, HVAC crew? Welcome back to another night of HVAC R&D. We have uh, the whole crew here tonight, me and Ryden. I always say that like we have four or five people on here, but we don't. Uh, we do have a guest tonight. Ryden has uh, wrangled up another one, a uh, good buddy of ours. We've had him on here before. I'll let Ryden bring him in, but uh, yeah, I got a lot going on tonight. There's a lot going on in the world, and uh, so let's get to it. Yeah, come on. so sensual that yeah come on i like that yeah come on so welcome back a track crew like dennis said the uh, the whole crew of the two of us is here um apparently when we were putting our notes together we also had an anonymous frog an anonymous penguin and an anonymous raccoon looking at our notes before uh, our guest came in so apparently there definitely is more people on the show tonight we just don't know about it um Maybe somebody hacked the HVAC R&D email. I don't know. But anyway. Probably. Yeah, it's yeah. very possible. Um, I guess we didn't use that crazy suggested password that they always say to use. Great. I don't know how anyone ever remembers those things. Um, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Anyway. Um, so we're very pleased to welcome back a good buddy of ours. Like Dennis said, he's been on the show before. So, uh. Let's bring back our buddy, Mr. Lucas Airbar from EGIA. Thank you, dynamite pronunciation. Oh yeah, we, you're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna screw we're, that. We're up professionals twice. here, man. I think you guys got it the first time. Uh, good to be back. Appreciate you guys having me. Um, always a always a pleasure to show up and talk EGIA or contracting or you know Oscar slaps or whatever we got on the uh, on the docket. I'm not logged into the Google Sheets. So. We have so much, so much on the docket this evening. Obviously. See, you can tell Lucas has been on the show before. He knows it's coming. Yeah. Right. What? Oh yeah, I got it. We got it. We got to try to stay current here. Um, Good walkout song too, by the way. Thanks. Very classy. I was going to say, everybody, if, if you want a good walkout song, go. You got to hurry and jump on the show before we get copyrighted doing this. So, just going to throw that out there. That's probably a good idea. Um, From a marketing standpoint, as yeah, the marketing, yeah. as the resident marketing guy on the show, I'm going to tell you that's probably a good idea. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, get it while you can. <laughs> yeah. I do try to chop it up as much as I can on the editing, and we'll try to sneak it in there. You can probably get like ten uh, seconds of it in or something. I don't know. There's probably I think there's an amount of, of, of that you can play, but not right. A lot. 
I'm sure there's a cover we could steal too. You never know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's fine. Oh yeah. As long as I got my (laughs) song in, that's all that I really care. Is there a kids bop? So what's up, man? What you kids bop? Maybe maybe we can get that one. Not get in trouble. Ryan don't even have kids. Threw that out there. I feel like they're probably actively policing the kids bop ones more than they're actively policing (sighs) the Pashkin Paul one. Wings and pizza. Wings and pizza. I'm I'm so glad that I'm out of that with my kids. The kids bop versions are bad, man. I'm sorry. I just got to throw that out there. Can confirm. I had to listen to it. I had to listen to it. <laughs> um, and they, I mean, if you think about it, like, you know, people ride around with their kids in the car, right? And they got the pop pop station on. Some of those songs are pretty rough, man. Yeah. I mean, they clean them up some, but the the whole theme behind it's really, really bad. And then they throw it on Kids Bop like it's just totally fine now. I'm like, no, you can't put uh, The weekend. some of his songs, you cannot Kids Bop that. I mean, what are we doing here? Well, that's, I mean, that's no joke while I was sitting here saying Wings and Pizza because that's what they did with WAP. They made it Wings and Pizza. They did WAP? Are you serious? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, they did. That's the only reason yeah, I had to start thinking that, about man. this. Come on. I'm not kidding. There's no part of that. It's not just the chorus. There's no part of that song they can do. <laughs> Wings and pizza. No, I did no just joke. Google now. Now know. that we're talking about, it, I just googled to see if they did blurred lines, but they did not do blurred lines because that also wouldn't really work very well. Um, right? You see what I'm saying? Like the whole back backstory of these songs, they just let a kid sing it, clean it up. It's yeah. like, come on, man. <laughs> um, I think. By the way, guys, I wanted to mention since you said I was coming back, I think that you told me the first time I was here that I was your first ever guest to participate in the what are we drinking segment. I just want to point that out. I think Actually, so. yes, I believe you were, my friend. Yeah, and I think I started the yeah. trend because I've been popping in and I've noticed I'm not the last one. So no, you guys were not. Ill-tempered, <laughs> Ill-tempered gnome That's is what right. he was doing. That was it. It was, so it was Christmas time because that, that is a Christmas seasonal. And then Ryden capitalized the I on our on our title and it looked like the third tempered gnome (laughs) when you just when you glanced at it it was just you know it was three lines it had been tempered Um, twice but the third time was the charm sure (laughs) yep right all right so i guess let's get into that we gotta we'll start with lucas maybe he's got something special for us but I'm, I'm continuing the theme actually i'm going with not with hill tempered gnome but with oregon beers so um, I went with Eugene last time. That's where Oakshire is out of, which is home of University of Oregon, my alma mater. Uh, in the interest of fair play, I'm doing one out of Corvallis, which is the home of Oregon State. Uh, but also it's Block 15, which is probably the best brewery in Oregon right now. It is Fluff's Travels uh, IPA. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a limited one. I got Block it Block 15. That's an, I haven't heard of that. Now they're uh, they self distribute, so I think they probably are only available in Oregon. Great following, um, I think they they sell through everything they make, so they're they're doing very well. So I think they have chosen to be the size that they are by self distributing. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good start. Let's go through it. So I am on. Um, so I'm traveling. I'm out in Raleigh, um, and when I come out here, I have to get a red oak. So it's a, it's an amber ale. Is it an amber no, ale? No, red oak. Right, red oak's more. Is it, is it it's amber. Yeah, it's, it's amber lager, isn't it? Lager, amber lager. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's on draft everywhere out here. I just can't get it at home. Um, 
Kind of like a... Uh, yeah, amber lager. Like a... Is it like a uh, Sam Adams, I guess, or a, something like that? I don't know. It's it's way better than Sam Adams. Sorry, Sam Adams. It is better. It's better. I would hope, yeah. yeah. It's way hope. No offense to Sam Adams, but I would hope. No, well, I know. Red, Oak's, <laughs> Red Oak's really more of a... It's a, it's a mostly North Carolina beer, too. Red Oak and Humminbird, they're both... You know, they're two right. main beers, which I drink Humminbird all the time. Well, there are breweries out here. It's a big place. I haven't been to it yet. I pass it every time I come out here to train, and uh, it's a giant place. I need to. You can. I mean, when you drive by on the highway, it's like the whole thing's glass, and you can see all the towers in there, and it's pretty sweet from the highway. But I gotta look for it. I just do Yingling whenever I'm on the East Coast, just because it's like, ah, you're here. You gotta right. Do it. So not because it's great. Well, me but... too. Right. Oh, it's it's, it's not horrible though. No, no, it's solid. I mean, it's solid, and it's but it's more like it's. I think it's more nostalgia fueled for me, or like you know, kind of geo limited fueled for me than it is about like it being the best beer you can possibly find on the East Coast. But yeah, it's good. It's solid stuff. I remember when Katie right, was talking yeah. about stuff. She said like Yingling had just made it to Texas. Like, yeah, I remember her I saying like, something like that last month. She yeah, said they that. like like they like made a huge deal of it, like driving it in on a special truck and filming it and everything or something. <laughs> Yeah, they're super limited to like geographically. They are not available in Oregon. They for a long time they were not available anywhere west of the Mississippi. I, I know because I looked into it after like I was in uh, like Rochester, New York for uh, six seven months when I was you know ten years ago, fifteen years ago, and uh, got into the habit of drinking it. And then talked to somebody at, like a specialty beer store, and they were telling me how it's a uh, like it's you guys know it's ubiquitous. It's absolutely everywhere on the coast. Oh yeah. Once you mm-hmm. get like to the Mississippi, previously just they do not distribute it which is odd but i think they're starting to obviously expand that a bit yeah i know my dad grew up on miller light or i yeah he was drinking miller light that's what i grew up on and then i let him drink a yingling light randomly one day and that's what he drinks now like <laughs> he's like i mean what is this chinese beer i'm like dad it's not chinese <laughs> it's this chinese beer it's a really old <laughs> U.S. Awesome. beer. Like, what are you talking about? I think it's the oldest, isn't it? The oldest. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, not not Chinese. He's like, man, this is great. He said, like, I can't do the green bottle yet. Still working up to that. <laughs> uh, the Yingling Light, I guess that's more comparable to, you know, Nick Ultra or something. But Yeah. All right, Ryden, what you got for so, us? So I'm finishing up a... Jim Beam, Apple, and Ginger. And then I'm going to move oh. to a couple of hitchhikers. <laughs> a couple of hitchhikers? <laughs> Can you elaborate? Well, uh, how did we not, how does he not know this story, Lucas? I, that's what I'd like to know. So, hitchhiker is, oh gosh, I'm going to get canceled again. <laughs> again? <laughs> I don't know how I didn't cancel the first time. We didn't have enough listeners yet, I guess. So, what was it? It's probably close to a year now. Um, it was like four o'clock um, in the afternoon, and I was getting ready to head towards the house because I had about a 30 to 45 minute drive. And I stopped to get a Red Bull, and Modelo Tall Boys were two for $3. So I bought Modelo instead. And Kristen, my wife had sent me a text message asking where I was at. I said, I'm headed home. I said, I'll be there in a little bit. I picked up two hitchhikers and I left it at that. <laughs> she, that was it. She was like, yep. 
What the hell are you talking about? Excuse me, she probably didn't say hell. She only curses because I brought cursing into her life. It's my fault. Uh, she'll, <laughs> she'll blame me for that always. She's like, I never said a bad word in my life. And then I met you, and that's all I say now. <laughs> of what that says for how much I irritate her or how bad my... I curse like a sailor. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah, so we're trying. We're trying to start that. Like it's a hitchhiker. Couple of hitchhikers. Oh, we, just, yeah. we just call it hitchhiker because I, I don't have any other names for it. So, well, because <laughs> I can't say what I originally called it because then I'd be saying a racial slur. So, can't be. That's saying, probably for the best. So I, those things. I tried a. We went out to eat the other night at a little Mexican restaurant, and they had a beer on tap. And I'm trying to Google it real quick. Um. Very similar to Modelo, but I had never seen it before. It's a, it's like a, the symbol's like a star inside of a circle. Is it Soul? No, it's not Soul. It's not Pacifico. Um, God, we'll have to come back. I'll never find this again. Oh, I know. Uh, is it? Um, Tecate. <laughs> that's not it. Uh, Estrella Yulisco? Yep, that's it. There we go. Nailed it. I know my beer. I knew Lucas. I knew Lucas had me there. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, of course really light beer, but it's definitely it's weird. It it just has that flavor, right? Like Modelo or um, yeah, Corona yeah, and Soul and stuff. Yeah. Corona. Like I still wanted to throw a lime in it. Dos Equis or yeah, it's good beer. I never seen it before. I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, I like a good Michelada. Only like in the morning time, but Michelada with the like red, red, red beer with the uh, yep. Bloody Mary in there. That's what that's my primary use for Mexican beers. I seen the I seen them making a few of those in the behind the bar there. I still yeah. never drank one of those. Uh, I mean, if you like Bloody Marys, you probably like them. If you don't, then well, I thought not. that's what he was making. He's like, nah, I'm not making a Bloody Mary. I'm like, okay. You yeah. sure about that? Sure? <laughs> yeah, that it's just really... I mean, yeah, it's just Bloody Mary mix and then a full Mexican beer. Yeah, I could probably handle that. All right, so we are eventually going to get into some uh, some EGIA stuff. Um, Lucas has got a got some new stuff coming out, but before we get into that, we've got to catch up on some Chris Rock memes. Will Smith, Chris Rock. I mean, what do you? First of all, Lucas, what do you think? You think it was pretty? You think it was real? Yeah, yeah. My first reaction, like everybody else, was that it was not real. Um, I there's no nobody looks good I think coming out of it. You know, like what? No. I don't. I don't really. From <laughs> I just, a stage standpoint. I, I you know, just like, think you know. At first, Will Smith looked like he went along with it being funny until <laughs> he got the look. Yes, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, right. And then. Uh, and then he had to go quite literally put a smack down on somebody. Yeah. Not her, be in that trouble. look she had was like, really? <clears throat> yeah. Then I got to thinking, you know, how many times have we seen a comedian get up on stage and just trash people? You know, I keep seeing people talk about that. Like, man, he was just being a comedian. Uh, you know, comedians will rip you. I mean, yeah, the roast and stuff like that. I mean, that's yeah. just what they do, right? Particularly I mean, at the Oscars, that's kind of like you figure uh, they're going to throw some some jabs at like the people who are there. Um, yeah, some shock humor right out of the gate. Uh, was well, pretty, the other thing I, is, I was going to say the other thing is like I felt like from everything that I saw, listening to it and hearing about it this morning because I didn't actually watch it happen. I heard all the news about it this morning, but right, you know, I thought. Jada Pinkett Smith was pretty open about having 
issues. Like, and I thought she was being open about it, you know, so other people could, you know, be able to deal with their problems. You know, if the celebrity can deal with it, anyone else can. So, you know, at first it seems like maybe it would have been, you thought they kind of would have taken a bit of it in all in good fun because it's something she's been public about struggling with, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> apparently a, not. It was a really yeah. good open hand slap. It was so Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Chris Rock, Rock freaking right? took it too, though. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, like, he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so bizarre. the more I watch it, I think, I think, what kind of guy does it take to stand there and keep going? Just yeah. he crushed it. Like he, I mean, think about it. What's your What's your first reaction? Somebody just open hand slaps you in the ear, like, and you're just like. Wow, I just got slapped by Will Smith. I mean, that's not <laughs> yeah. my first reaction, right? Yeah. Like that was his though. That's what he said. Of course. Although Will he's Smith, like, Will Smith just smacked his shit out of me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he was still did. like trying to figure out if it was a joke. I think he was. I think for sure when Will started walking up, he thought like, "Oh, he's in on the like he's gonna do like you know fake confrontation like joke." I think when he was walking away, Chris Rock was still like, "Was that for real? Is that serious? Is that a joke?" Is, yeah. He's like, "You seriously? Right. What? What do I do here?" Well then, he ta- he towered him too. I didn't realize how big Will was. Like, yeah, yeah, he's probably six two, six three. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's, Interesting. It's, I, 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 so I was watching it live. I'm a big Oscars guy. I watch all the nominated movies, and then I watch the Oscars every year. And, um, I, yeah, I think everybody, my like group text immediately was like, "No, nah, that can't be real." But yeah, I mean, it's you know, I don't. Nobody looks good coming out of it. There's no uh, why would why would Chris Rock agree to it? Why would Will Smith do it? Yeah. And the only thing anybody comes up with is like, oh, the Oscars ratings have been falling, and it's like, all right, I don't, that doesn't mean that those two superstars, like an A-list movie star and a pretty iconic comic, are gonna like sully their reputations to help the Oscars. Right. I, it, it, I don't. Yeah, I don't it was, like, it was pragmatically, not, I don't uh, get it. It was not Kimmel and Matt Damon. Just say that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I know Chris Rock's been uh, his his career's been kind of dwindling a little bit, um, and I've heard that his l- next few shows are completely sold out now, which so that worked out well. I um, mean, but he's still I don't know what's he worth a yeah. hundred million dollars. He just had a star turn on the latest season of Fargo, where he was like, "Oh, this guy's a dramatic actor too." Um, right. <laughs> I think he's doing just fine. Oh yeah, no, I'm not worried about him. He's yeah, so that was interesting. And all the course, all the memes, uh, the HVAC memes were awesome. Um, <laughs> Dude. HVAC guys did not let us down with the, <laughs> is this your, is this your, uh, capacitor or this is our capacitor? And it's like slapping the other brand, you know? That's awesome. What was, uh, uh, did you see the one, uh, there's that one guy, was it HVAC 452 that always put something out about Jeff yep. all the time? And his was like uh, uh, Jeff going to the supply house and them telling him they're out of Unistrut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean we the HVAC HVAC community jumped right on there. Um, I mean that 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 picture of him, you know, turning his head and the hand out. Like, I mean, I can think of a million. Like we were talking before the show came on about sports, right? Like, throw a team on each one of them's face, and there you go. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, he's uh, Will Smith is becoming memes at a regular rate these days. 
because um, <laughs> there's the one of him sitting there with misty eyes kind of crying during the tv show from the last year too that's like one of the biggest memes of the last six to ten months which probably factored into like what happened you know that he's felt like right. he's been kind of made the butt of jokes for the last year and he had enough Oh yeah, he let it out. He, he let it out, and he just made himself an even bigger butt of a joke. So yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. And how did they let him stay too? I was like, the, I mean, I guess because they're like, we don't. Well, they didn't have much of a choice. He was going to get an award, so they didn't want to kick him out. I mean, that's that's it, right? That's the only reason I would imagine because they no, know like he was a heavy favorite to win, so they're like, all right, he's about to get this thing in ten minutes. Are we really going to like have to be like, uh, Will Smith's not here to accept? And it's like, yeah, we know he's now, not here to Imagine. If they kicked him out and then they made Chris Rock go accept the award in his place. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, if they wind up co-hosting together next year, then I'll say, okay, it was faked. It was not mm-hmm. real. Uh, if, if that happens, if the co-host no. of next year, Chris Rock and Will Smith, then it was a ploy. No, no, because then it, it's it's definitely not a ploy then. They, they, would, they would make it even more about their ability to come out of it better men and have better brotherly love. That's what it yeah. would be. It would still yeah. not have been staged. It would have been a miraculous year where they turned their <laughs> relationship around. Oh man, he was on. Chris Rock was on the Fresh Prince once, like on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Like they've known each other for thirty years, twenty five. Oh yeah. Like he was on. He did an episode. Played two characters actually. I remember. Um, so yeah, I mean they've known each other for a very long time. It wasn't. weren't Chris Rock and Jada Smith both in those animal movies? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, Madagascar. Yeah. Dude, there was I saw a meme this guy put yeah, on something. It was like, it was like, you tell me what's his name from uh, when Will Smith was in what was it Shark Tale? Just smacked what's his name from Madagascar over the hippo <laughs> or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fertile ground. There's endless uh, endless ammunition. Gosh. Well, then there's the you know, uh, Will Smith doesn't have to cussing his records the <laughs> Eminem yeah. and then he's just F-bombing him while he's out there sitting there. It was weird because oh, yeah, that's like I feel like, like he's built his whole like personality his like public persona off that right Will Smith is like he's the clean like family clean. friendly yeah. yep. never cursed in a rap never killed a guy in a rap um, it was very yeah and then his oh, he was, was upset he was that yeah yeah for sure but yeah speech wasn't great either the like acceptance speech kind of rationalized <laughs> what he did but yeah. All right. All right, so I got on the notes here. Ryden typed some of these out, and I have no idea. Oh yeah, Lucas and Chi Town. Yeah, what do we got the going Chi-town. on here? I did go to Chi Town. Yeah, I went to uh, I went to Chicago to see them turn the river green. They did it. How about that? Nice. Uh, that was pretty much it. Yeah, I just went vacation. Um, and uh yeah it's an awesome place i don't know you guys are so how does that go how does that go down when you go there is everybody just hang out is there bars up down the river or uh no i just went and was like hey look there's a green river and then i left so also the like (laughs) from the hotel room yeah i actually could see it from the hotel room uh in point of fact the uh the like generally regarded as like the number one burger in the country is in Chicago and also generally regarded as one of the best pizzas in the country is in Chicago. So those are both on the, on the mandatory list. So those are probably as, as priority items as seeing the green river. I was going to say, I think that's even bigger priority. Yeah. Yeah. So is that, is that deep dish? I'm guessing. Uh, yes. Yeah. They have a few actually well-regarded non-deep dish, but yeah, Pequod's is the one that is, um, it's a very, very beloved, uh, I saw some list before I went that had it as the number two pizza in the country. Um, 
So that's like a meal, right? Yeah. The, the deep dish up there is, is it's like eating a, like lasagna yeah, was, with crust yeah. on it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you can split like a small probably, yeah, because yeah, a slice <laughs> is, is like a meal, yeah. All right, but worth it. Chicago's awesome, always. Well, speaking of comedians, now did you see? I know you and I talked about this briefly. Now, did you see Bargatze when you were up there, or did you see him? Oh else? yeah, no, that was uh, that was in Eugene. So he's. It was one of those uh, one of those COVID things. I bought tickets to see Nate Bargatze in Eugene, which is 110 miles south of Portland, uh, in 2019. And nice. those same tickets finally came to fruition after three delays and two cancellations. <laughs> Way to plan ahead, um, Lucas. I know, right? <laughs> Since I bought those tickets, they added a show to Portland, which would have required me traveling four minutes instead of two hours. But... I was like, you know what? I bought these tickets three years ago, and I'm using them. So yeah, it was amazing. You're you, right, and you said you're a, you're a fan, right? Yeah, he, he's pretty funny. Yeah, it was great. He was yeah hilarious. Um, yeah, he's about as about as good as it gets out there right now. I feel like comedian wise. So what's the uh, what's the COVID protocol out there right now for stuff like that? Uh, so that was Are before they, the, like, we were down, the show was on a Thursday, and Saturday was the last day of mandatory indoor masks. So it was still full COVID protocols. Okay. But I think I, by Friday, everybody was kind of starting to get pretty lax. So, like, I don't think anybody's writing us a ticket before this thing changes in eight hours. Um, but, right. yeah, it was definitely masks on for the uh, for the show. Yeah, last week we went and saw... Um slash featuring miles kennedy um at a little small it's the fillmore love that place charlotte that's such a cool little spot that's i'm gonna have to go back to there i mean it's it's standing the whole time but you know it's a rock concert so you get over it yeah i guess i'm getting a little older i'm just kind of like man it'd be sweet to have me a little seat back here (laughs) (laughs) you can get Uh, a vip but yeah that's right but uh yeah, so when we first bought the tickets, probably a month and a half ago, it was uh, um, vaccinated or, you know, negative test to get in. And uh, by the time we went, it was zero anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think we My had... My son was, you know, he was like, God, I don't really want to get the vaccine, you know. He's got a little small heart condition. He was skeptical of that. and He's 17. That was going to be his first like big time rock concert. Um, they, they swiped that and he's like, we're in sweet. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's quite a first concert. The the first rock concert slash. Yeah. Slash had a little, speaking of COVID, he had a couple COVID pounds on him. Yeah. <laughs> um, COVID. He was, I mean, he was kind of ripped, but he was, he was kind of, he was kind of thick, man up there it's just weird to see him like that but i mean what what's how old is he he's He's gotta gotta be pushing 60 right if not i mean like i'd put the over under like at like okay 61 and a half actually he's not as old as i thought he was i mean he literally looked the same he's 56 (laughs) god he's 56 they must have been so he destroyed it man oh yeah he started yeah i mean so it was Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Um, so 
it was basically a 10 minute solo at the end of every song for slash like i don't know how he played a guitar that that long like at that age now that i know he's that old i'm like god man he's got magic I don't know how his fingers hat, held man. up for that <laughs> yeah and he was loving it so <laughs> it got kicked off the first song and i we're probably 10 rows back of course everybody's just standing up but I could see feet like up up in the crowd. Like I could see feet. I'm like, is somebody crowd surfing seriously in here? <laughs> and it was a 75 year old lady yes. crowd surfing. <laughs> and they sent her all the way to the front. Of course, security came out there and uh, they kind of like stopped like sharp at the end of the song. And they're like, is this really happening? Like Slash went over to the mic and he's like, how old are you? <laughs> And, you know, you can't hear her, and he's like, 75? He's like, get up here. Jesus. He said, this is the weirdest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they, like, get her up there, and he signs some stuff for her. And, yeah, dude, she was crowd serving. My son was like, what is going on here? That's awesome. But, yep, pretty good show. Pretty yeah. Good show. Yeah, I definitely am like not that person anymore. I uh, yeah, the older I get, I'm the same way. And you're like, oh, I could use a chair. I'm like, oh man, I, I needed a chair. Yeah, I, my <laughs> my friends invite me to like football games because like again, I live you know an hour and a half, two hours from University of Oregon where we where I went to college, and it's like during football season, I'm like, I gotta like really think if I actually want these football tickets to go to the game or not. I'm like, I could watch every game <laughs> on TV at home, and beers free. Um, yeah. Yep. And it's like comfortable and I'm not going to miss like I'm, I'm very avid college football fan. So I'm like, I'm not going to miss the rest of the day of college football. Uh, yeah, it's like the older I get, the more that experience. Well, you got changing. the you got the you got the buddies that are uh, tailgating and you're like, you know, your anxiety's up for that because you're like, man, if I if I get in the right mood out here, I may not even make it in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> always that's, that's definitely always a risk. No. <laughs> I may not even make it in the game here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a full day. It, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I go in there and we, we all make it up to the front and I'm like, oh, so we're just going to stand here for two and a half hours. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm looking around trying to find a pole to lean on or something. hundred percent. I mean, it started at nine, you know what I mean? On a Monday. God almighty. That sounds familiar. Feeling feeling it yeah i was like man yeah not a, not a chair in that place at all it's just kind of a intimate little just stand around and watch the show you know speaking of old rock musicians do you see the other crazy news this weekend maybe i don't know taylor don't hawkins so. died man oh yeah i did see that oh, no wow. more foo fighters drummer yeah. How, he must not have been. I mean, he was not even 50, I imagine. Right? He was Mid 50. 40s, maybe? He was 50. 50. Substance okay. abuse is what it looks like there. Which oh, was gotcha. Problem before, anyway. That was always his yeah. problem. Yeah, that's crazy. And I yeah, was, we've, had, we've lost <laughs> some music folks in the last year. Well, and Chris and I were just, I was just talking about trying to maybe see them because they're supposed to be in Charlotte in May, but, um, I don't know if that's still going to, well, it'll probably still end up happening, but I'm curious if Dave's going to end up behind the drum set or who's coming in. Who is he drafting in? 
guess we're going to send Corey down there. We should. He would do well. <laughs> yep. Can you do? Can you do right. like, like? Would Phil Collins when he did it? Would he? Would he lead sing while he was drumming? Or yes. Did he not drum when yeah, he was. Yeah, he would. Singing? He just can't do both. Well, you know, he can't yeah. at all now. He just has a. I saw. Yeah, I saw yeah. that. Yeah. So sad. Okay, so they would. So reasonably, Dave Grohl could could drum and sing still. Yeah, which I mean, Taylor used to. He'd sit back there and drum and sing songs every now and then. To me, before. that's a lot, man. When you see a drummer <laughs> singing, like God, there's so much like there's so much going on, rubbing your stomach and patting your head going on there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> A shitload of that. Like, I don't know how they, man, that's, you have to be in tune to do that for real. That's yeah, a whole no other doubt. animal there. All right. So let's get into Lucas has got some pretty good news for us coming up for some EGIA stuff. You want to get into that? Yeah, sure. We can, we can chat about that. I, uh, it's actually, it will be, this is more or less the world premiere of this information. We're, we're announcing it on Friday when I think this drops. Um, so we, <clears throat> the last couple years have done a very popular program, um, called seizing the summer, uh, that we've done, I think the last two years, uh, that is basically just a, a weekly kind of video streaming show coaching series, uh, to just kind of help contractors make the most of the busy season, um, which, you know, I know obviously impacts everybody, uh, probably yeah. every listening and certainly both of you guys. Um, and so yeah, we have this program, uh, season of summer. It's just kind of, you know, summer's right around the corner. You're probably going to get more phone calls, website visits, just overall potential sales leads, um, over the next several months than really any part of the year. Otherwise, uh, dep obviously depending on where you are, not every place is as kind of, um, subject to, to seasonality. Right. But in, in right. broad swaths of the country, cooling season is about as big as it gets. Um, I guess pretty much everywhere. And I guess not everybody has necessarily the heating season, but cooling season is pretty, yep. pretty near universal. Um, so this is uh, the kind of the new season of our acclaimed weekly streaming coaching series um, that kind of makes sure everybody's prepared, strategy in place to get the most out of every single lead, maximize your revenue kind of while the calls are pouring in. Um, and so it's going to be a, a, an 18 week program every every week. There'll be a new episode um, and I can on on Friday we're announcing this as well as the first six we're going to preview the sneak peek of the first six episodes um, that launched at the beginning of May um, and then one a week through there so um, I can I can share a couple of those titles uh, and kind of who who's going to be behind the camera um, just to kind of I guess we can get the conversation rolling about busy season yeah sweet um, world premiere yeah absolutely so world premiere everybody. <laughs> Yeah, these are. Uh, this will be available. It's a. It's exclusively a member benefit for uh, Contractor University um, by EGIA members. Uh, anybody listening, I'll give you the, the the insider information, which is everybody is has access to a free thirty day trial, no risk, no money at all. Um, so if you're just kind of want to see what this looks like, then just wait until the beginning of May to start your trial, and you'll get to see the first four for free. Um, there so you go. first one is uh, going to be Weldon Long. I think we probably all know Weldon Long here, right? New York Times bestselling author. Yep. Um, on prioritizing leads for maximizing revenue in peak season. Um, the next one is Scott Deming, uh, who is going to be talking about managing time during your busiest season. The uh, third one is Gary Ellix. Again, I think probably everybody knows Gary um, in the industry. Uh, he's going to be going a little more in depth on stuff. He's you know he's got a pretty uh, pretty impressive mind. He's going to be talking about getting the service pricing 
accurate during the season, which is obviously, particularly when your leads are pouring in, that's when you need to make sure your uh, your pricing structure is kind of locked in and solid. Uh, and then right. we got James Leichter talking about maximizing service agreements during the summer. Should I be stopping in between these? Should we be like chatting about these? I don't know what no. the best cadence is. No, we can, what you, we can no, you're good. Room and then we can kind of go back to him. All right. Yeah, there we go. So James Leichter will be talking about maximizing service agreements during the summer. Uh, again, that's, you know, service agreements are probably uh, arguably the biggest kind of marketing activity you can um, you can really use uh, as a contracting business. Certainly one of the ones most capable of driving revenue, driving uh, brand loyalty. So, um, you know, when you're in houses more than you're ever going to be in houses, that's kind of the time to make sure you know how to how to get the most out of them. Uh, then the, right. the fifth one is uh, is Rob Schallenberger. Uh, he's going to be talking about maintaining high morale and productivity. And then the sixth one. Uh, which is going to be going, uh, I think, the second week of June is again Gary Ellix. will be talking about controlling labor costs when the heat is on. Um, so again, that's the first six. It'll be eighteen total episodes, but that is the uh, the first six as they stand now. Nice, sweet. Yeah, I mean, you know, we I deal with uh, I talk to techs all the time that are just just coming up, just getting started, and you know, we get through with a service call on the phone and we got a good relationship you know they're always like man i gotta get i gotta get some leads coming in and when they when they do come in in the summer i don't have time to manage my company and then the fall hits and they're like all right what do we need to do to grow business you know and i feel like nobody's ever ready for the summer even though it's comes the same time every year (laughs) um but it's a lot right it's a lot on a guy that's you know Maybe he got a maybe he got a decent loan, right? And he's ready to dump a bunch of money and grow. You know, where do you start? Um, it's kind of it's it's tough, man. It really is. There there is no just. I feel like you got to partner up with somebody like EGIA or something, right? Because you get you get. There's got to be a process to it, right? Well, and I had I had guys, particularly those three to four, five, six guys in a company where. You know, you try, you, there'd be different times of the year you'd talk to them about co-op and they'd be busy and they didn't want to talk about it. And then come, you know, October, they're dead and they're wanting to know what they can do to use their stuff to suddenly just all of a sudden have leads pouring in and say, man, I said, there's nothing you can do to immediately change it right now. It's not a quick fix. It's got to be something that's planned for all year long. And it's just, that's, that's hard for a lot of guys to sit down and just have the time to do and figure out that they have to do that. And you know, you push them towards different resources, towards different ideas, but a lot of times it just, you've got to just keep kind of hammering at home that if they don't start focusing on that, on a perpetual year by year to year thing, you can't just suddenly decide you're going to get a bunch of leads and go to work and then not continue trying to get a bunch of leads. Yeah. And there's so much that goes into, I mean, there's just so many elements to it. Like the one hand we were talking about the, like, pricing right right where it's like too many times we've heard horror stories from people who have that exact you know they're like all right well now now they're they're busy right they're getting leads but didn't have you know their service labor rate right for example um right or didn't know yeah just didn't know the proper like overhead structure and so then it's like all right well (laughs) if you're priced wrong then leads are the last thing that you need right then that's just gonna that's just gonna hasten your your way out of business um so yeah, it's, you got to make sure you're, you're right on pricing. And then other thing is that, you know, we we're talking about like service agreements, right? That's, you know, that's how you can also kind of try to schedule 
service. That's how you can try to schedule labor throughout the year, right? That's how you can take advantage of busy season to say, all right, let's let's get these leads going. Let's get these people into the program. And then that's how you fill in shoulder season. Service agreements are, are how you fill in the shoulder season so that yep. come, you know, September, October, um, you're not like, well, boy, I wish we would have made more money in July because the coffers <laughs> are dry now. Yeah, like a crab fisherman. Exactly like a crab <laughs> fisherman. I'm going to put that in our next uh, campaign. Pretty good. Right? Pretty good. It's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The deadliest catch slash HVAC. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it is like that, right? Yeah, Everybody's trying to. My boss would be like, we got to catch one more call, one more call, one more call. And it was like, you know, 50 million hours of overtime for me to change two more capacitors and that's not profitable, right? Like, yeah, just cause it's busy, you still, you got to capitalize, but sometimes capitalizing isn't just doing 10 more calls and, and you know, your guys are trashed. Like yep. in the first month of hot weather, they're just ready to just get into a, a different industry. Like you don't want to do that. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, we hear that so often too, the like, the people who just who lose, well, I mean, just in general, I guess there's a t- so, so, so much seasonal hiring when actually the, the, like, the best kind of companies in the industry don't really uh, hire seasonally. You know, they actually are able to, again, schedule a lot of this labor throughout the year and, and keep people busy year round. But, um, you know, one of those, I guess, what was it? I think it was Rob Schallenberger I mentioned. He's, you know, he's from Becoming Your Best Leadership, Steve Schallenberger's son. He's a big industry guy, but they're all about leadership, productivity, efficiency. And um, yeah, his, his one, on, uh, I think it was the first one in June on maintaining high morale and productivity like that's i mean that's so key right because it's so easy like you just mentioned like it's so easy to get burnt out when it's like all right do me a favor we're just gonna work 80 hour weeks and i'm gonna make a lot of money for it (laughs) try to try to keep up and it's like well that's not gonna yeah yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna work um so yeah yeah, and he can't figure out why his turnover so high exactly i can't find good text no you had a good tech you just ran him off yep 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 exactly that's the thing is you know we all know about the the workforce shortage right but again it is still and and it's real it's very genuine i'm not saying it's not the case and it certainly impacts companies all over the place but again you know the leading companies the big ones the guys that are looked at as like industry leaders aren't really having trouble finding people to hire or or having trouble retaining people which is even more important right um yep yeah that's just because you know they know how to set the right culture right it all starts with culture and that's um that's probably more important during the summer when you're asking people to be, you know, probably working a little bit of overtime, you know, that their families are going to be feeling the, the stress of that as well. Um, it's just a, it's a top to bottom thing. That's not just, well, Hey, run a couple more leads. I'll give you a couple more bucks. Like it, it, it goes a little deeper than that. Right. Well, and I think, you know, culture oh, yeah. is something that has been a, a heavily debated topic on the show the last few weeks anyway. So, you know, you bringing that back up just continues to reinforce, you know, what Dennis and I talk about and what we've had a lot of guests talk about is, you know, one of the most important or if not the most important part of your business is building a culture that is around, you know, just uplifting everybody and just building for the future. And you've just got to have that right. positivity running through the core of your business or you're, you're going to have problems. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody else is going to, some, there's somebody else in the industry who's willing to pay that tech or that comfort advisor, what you're willing to pay them, you know? Um, so certainly money is a driving factor. People talk about, you know, other kind of fringe benefits and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, money, money is still going to like, that's, we're still working because we need the money, but somebody else will pay that person what you're willing to pay them. So they're going to stay for, you know, for that culture, for that respect, for, um, you know, feeling like they're part of the team. Yeah. I've heard that, 
you know, we had a we had a little work meeting, uh, managers meeting last week, and for our company, and we were talking about culture, and um, one of the managers said that I don't know what the percentage is, but most people don't leave leave their job for pay, right? They yeah. end up it's it's for something else. So, um, yeah, I feel like you could have anybody on this show. You could have a podcast every day with somebody different and culture and building your own brand will ring out with anybody in this industry, whether it's, you know, whatever. I mean, if you're a rep or a salesman or a counter guy or whatever, right? I mean, and everyone's got a different take on how they build it. And the nice thing is you can kind of sit back and listen and you can pick the pieces out of each and everyone's plan to build your own plan. Yeah. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's, and that's the beauty of it, right? Cause no, nobody has exactly your company where they can, you know, somebody, you know, these guys were talking about Gary, Alex, Scott Deming, whatever they can, they can tell you what, what's worked at their companies. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's not every company is different and you, and you hopefully have an idea of, you know, what, what resonates in your marketplace, what resonates with your people. Uh, and if you don't, then you even more so need to get some ongoing training going on. Um, right. Good. Cause yeah, that is good segue. Good segue. Good job, marketing guy. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so let's say I'm a, I've got, I'm a little four man operation, right? Maybe, uh, I don't know, five to 700,000 a year revenue company in HVAC. Let's say I sign up for EGIA throughout the year. Is it possible to reach? I mean, is there people to reach out to for just small things i mean how does that work when you get signed on yeah absolutely um just in-house people you know what i mean i do yeah so we have there's definitely um your kind of your primary ambassador your primary liaison i guess would be your your member services rep so that's the person that can kind of walk you through everything on the platform right so so you contract your university uh powered by ega egia that's kind of the primary training platform and um, I know I've been on before and I know, uh, I think Jeff has been on before as well. So you guys have probably got the rundown on that, but just the quick catch up on that would just be, that's, that's an online training platform. Uh, well, I, I should say it's a training platform online and off. So that's, there's a suite of kind of online courses where you can go through each one has a streaming class on a certain topic. Sorry, go ahead. Jump in there. No, you're good. Okay. Um, where, you know, there's, there's 10 classes each at each one. Uh, or 10 segments, each one, you know, a 20 minute video or whatever on financial structure or pricing or service agreements, whatever it is. Uh, you can send your whole team through that. Um, there's kind of like resources that, that, and so that, that right there, the classes, there's probably 25 topics on that. So that's, that's going to take you all the way through to basically like expert level um, on any of these subjects. Uh, then there's some other stuff as well. That's like a little bit deeper. There's the best practices library. That's kind of like Google for contractors. So that's going to be you know, if you're like, well, is there a, a marketing postcard I could I could use to send out during the busy season that's worked before? Yeah, absolutely. Gary Alex owns a bunch of companies. Um, he's uploaded those marketing, literally the actual template. You can use his. You can just plug your name in. You can download it off the system. You can find his flat rate pricing structure in, in like a, an editable Excel uh, Word file or document. Okay. Um, yeah. So any any of this stuff, basically almost anything. There's oh, there's also deeper dive videos as well to go you know a little more kind of mastery level than the classes took you. Um, so anyway, the point is there's a slew of of resources of content on virtually anything you could possibly ask about from a business development soft skills side. 
um, not necessarily the, te- the technical training. We kind of leave that to the other people, but we do the the business development, the soft skills, the you know pricing stuff like that, um, marketing, sales, lead generation. And so, you know, we, we, you have your member services person who is going to be there to, you know, when you call up and say, Hey, I, I just need to know, you know, uh, a flat rate pricing system. I need to know kind of a, a busy season marketing plan, um, whatever that is. They're the ones who say, yeah, that's actually in the system. I'll point you exactly to where that document is. It's either going to be something that's going to teach you how to do it yourself. Um, or there's something that's already built out and you can just really apply it to your company. Um, because you know, it's, we're not going to do it for you. Obviously that's not how people, that's not how people learn well, but like we were, we're going to walk you through every, every element of your your business is going to be better for it, obviously for that. But, um, so that's, that's like the member services standpoint. And then on the other one, we also have business success coaches. Uh, we actually get a day a week out of Drew Cameron's time. Drew is, uh, he is actually an award-winning consultant. He was the international consultant of the year for whoever gives out that award a few years ago. Um, so Drew, you can book with Drew or Daryl is our other business success coach. These are, these are guys who have actually worked in contracting companies um, successfully. They've kind of know what it takes to raise up a contracting company. As a, as a member, you can book a monthly session with them as a loyalty rewards member. So that's somebody who's been a member for more than a year or somebody who is on an annual payment plan. You actually get a free monthly session, um, coaching session. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so again, Drew Cameron guys, uh, you know, he's a keynote speaker. You see him all over the industry. You can have a, a monthly session with him to just talk for 45 minutes about your business. So that's, you know, that's stuff completely tailored to your, to your business. If you're, you know, a, a hundred truck company, if you're a two truck company, if you're just by yourself, you know, if you're looking to right. get to the next level of success, if you're looking to figure out how to break even, um, you know, how to make money, whatever it is. Yeah. We have, we have people there, there for you. So, and that's, that's a big thing that you know, Dennis and I bring up consistently is talking about some of these smaller guys and how they can kind of take things to the next level. And, you know, where are these different jumping off points and every every single different market you're in is going to have kind of different jumping off points. So being able to, you know, call on someone such as Drew Cameron or anyone else is Mm -hmm. a massive, massive leg up for these guys yeah. to be able to, to go for. So I think it's something a lot of people should look at, you know, training is training, but you know, there are a lot of things where you can, you can really be strategic with the kind of training that you get. Um, and you know, if you're really looking to push things forward, you know, you want to partner with someone like EGIA or I won't name any other names because that's what we're talking about. So, <laughs> but you want to have, you know, you want to have someone that you can call and you want to have resources you can go to and having someone like EGIA that has such a huge realm to pull from, you know, that gives you a real leg up and advantage. And it also, you know, everything through EGIA is about you building your brand. The most important thing you can do for your business is build your business's brand because that's the one you're stuck with, you know, from the beginning to the end. Yeah, right. Uh, it's yeah, and, you know, anything can happen with anything else, but you've got to build yourself. So being able to focus on someone that's about you building your brand and your brand only is a huge advantage. Absolutely. And I, I will, you didn't, I appreciate you not saying it, but I'll say it for you. If you're doing training with anybody, you're doing a good thing for your business, whether it's EGIA or somebody else, yep. um, you should be doing that. Uh, I work for EGIA because I believe in the product, I believe in the company. Um, it's a nonprofit. So we put all the money we make back into creating more resources. So um, for that reason, the, the one thing I do hear more often than anything is that it seems like our resource, our content is newer 
than most. Um, obviously, in, our, right. in this industry, you know, five or ten years old, particularly with the way the internet, social media, stuff like that has evolved, um, is a completely different thing. I went to school for marketing. Um, I did not learn anything about how to like digitally advertise, how to use Google Ads, because it was the mid two thousands, and that didn't exist. Um, so you can see how quickly <laughs> Dang, things evolved. No TikTok. Yeah, exactly. No TikTok. Um, so yeah, if you're doing it with anybody, you're doing a good thing. Um, I just, I, I think obviously EGIA, that's, that's why I work there. It's because I believe in the products, but, um, yeah. And it, you know, there's, there's no shame in not most people who own a contracting business, not everybody, but most people are a contractor by trade, right? So they know the ins and outs of that trade, like nobody else, they know the technical side of that trade and they know some of the other side, but there's no shame that if, if, if you came up as a contractor, you wouldn't know proper accounting principles, you know, like how to, you know, right. how to, uh, maybe, you know, the service labor rate, but you know, even that it, it can get pretty nuanced and in depth and it's just, it's not your skill set, you know, yeah. um, I would not be the person to, to do a surgery on you because it's, I didn't go to school for that. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, this is, this gives you access to a lot of those things that, that you wouldn't necessarily know. That's like I said, that's, that's really why we don't, why we've never built out a proprietary technical training platform because we figure, you know, most contractors, most contracting business owners, um, they know that side of things. They know that side really well, um, as well as we do. So, um, you know, we're here to, to support those things like, you know, mar marketing, like lead generation, like, um, you know, accounting principles, stuff like that, that you don't necessarily know, but are still um, extraordinarily crucial to, to contracting business success. Well, I'm talking about um, accounting and financials. I actually found out a couple of weeks ago that uh, a contractor I've been calling on for some time actually uses uh, Optimus for all their financing. Oh, yeah. So, so that was one of the... One of the times, you know, on this side of the country that I've ran into someone that's using something through you guys. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Optimus is awesome. I, I unfortunately am not the one to talk to, to it as in-depth as like a Matthew Bryce's would, who's the head of our financing team. But um, I, I've i worked with him on a little bit of this stuff. And it's it's a people are really, really liking the program. It, it wraps basically all your financing options into a single platform. So that's that's like prime lending down to lease to own and everything in between takes, um, I think approval rates, oh, wow. I think the industry standard approval yeah. rate is something like 72, 73%. And I think we're approving it over 92% right now. Um, so it basically eliminates the no, just, but it runs a, it's, uh, there's a, some technical stuff to it. That's probably a little bit over my head, but, um, basically runs a soft credit check against people. So instead of starting with a no, you know, you go to, to a, a home loan or whatever, and you say, Hey, do I qualify for this? They say, no, you don't come back and try again another time. Yeah. Um, this one instead runs you against every option available. And then, and so it finds for the homeowner, instead of starting them off on that negative, starting them off on that no, and then saying, well, let's try the next one. Um, it's instead we're going to, it's going to find a product that fits the homeowner right now without having to start off on that negative. So it's, it would be sort of similar. Matthew would probably cringe at me saying this because I don't know if it's exactly comparable, but it's pretty similar, I think, to, uh, like the car industry when you go to buy a car. You know, you're not, you don't shop around it. You, you can certainly, but if you're going to the lot, you don't have to shop around to a bunch of lenders. You can just go there and they're going to get you. Yeah. Um, they're going right. to go they're gonna find get you it. something that's, yeah, it's going to be a different package depending on what your credit profile is like. But um, basically, at any credit profile at all, you're going to get qualified on Optimus. Um, and so, yeah, it's cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's, uh, that you're running into it out there. It, it sounds from everything I've, again, I, I don't work in financing much. I, I work with them a little bit to help out on some of their projects, but. Um, everything I'm hearing is, is really, really great things. Um, again, it's, you know, over 90% approval rates versus 70 or whatever. That's a pretty, pretty substantial difference. Oh, that, that's, that's Did, more than a substantial difference. That's a massive difference. Yeah. Did he say riding <laughs> what, uh, what he liked about it? Did anything jump out for him? He just said, you know, for him, we, we didn't dive into a whole lot of it because that wasn't really 
what our meeting was about. It just kind of happened in passing. Um, right. When we were discussing, you know, who he did financing through, or if he was even offered, because, you know, I, I always ask guys if they offer financing and it, it still kills me how many people today still tell me that they don't or they don't want anything to do with it. And I said, I will tell you that the way things are going, especially the way things are going oh, into yeah. 2023, if you do not have something in place to be able to offer financing, you're going to be in a world of hurt because most most homeowners right now don't have, you know, well, excuse me, I should say three years ago, they didn't have eight grand laying around for a change out. Now they don't have 16 grand for about the same change out right now. And next year, they're probably not going to have 23 to 24 grand for the same change out, depending on how things could go. Yeah. And, and know, people are going to be financing everything. Unfortunately, the majority of people are going to be financing the amount of play, jobs you finance is probably going to go from maybe it's half your business. It may go from half to 80% of your business. Who knows? But it's going to go up because everything else is going so high that people just don't have that kind of capital laying around to dip into anymore. When people used to, I don't know what the stat was, but they used to say the average family couldn't afford a you know $500 expense that was unforeseen, right? Yeah. Um, but even more than that, it's, it's um, there's like a perception, I think, that it's like, well, you know, financing is for people who can't afford it, which first of all, yeah, a lot of people can't afford it. That's a lot of money. And then secondly, like, no, wealthy people, nobody pays you know when you hear about big time wealthy like companies being purchased or whatever that's not straight cash no that's fine things are financed that's the thing when somebody who has a lot of money and understands how they can make a return on that money if they can pay a few percent interest and they know that that same money they can invest and make 10 percent return on why would they pay cash correct money that they can right, return correct. on? so it's not even just like well i'll just i'll only target the uh you know the people that i know can afford it it's like the people who can afford it want to finance it yeah, because they have yeah, reasons yeah. why they're going to do that. Like you said, to some people, money's cheap. Yeah. Because they look yeah. at it in a, dip, at a different way. It's all yeah, about perspective. And, yeah, in, in a more like an easy apples to apples comparison that you know a lot of people are familiar with. It's like whatever uh, whatever like mortgage rates are at right now, like you know 4% or whatever, even under. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, if you even if you had sitting in your pocket a half a million dollars and you could spend it without batting an eyelash at, at it, if you knew where you could make five, six, seven percent on that, then why wouldn't you invest it and, and take the loan at four percent? That's right. Yeah, I mean, you, I was going to say, right, and if you want to go into, we'll skip right into 2023 HVAC. Yeah, we can. Um, Does what do you know about what do you know about the stuff coming up, Lucas? Have you do y'all uh, talk about it any as far as the HVAC industry? Uh, it's getting uh, ready to change a little bit, or is that we, more too technical? No, we hear a little bit about it. I'm, I'd be, I would be very curious to hear kind of what you guys um, think about it, because uh, you certainly know more than I do. Um, I just came from a technical conference. I'm not a technical person, but I just came from a technical conference actually, um, and that's something that we talked a little bit about with kind of ESCO and HVAC Excellence, um, and just sort of like well, refrigerant stuff, and then um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be curious to get your take though, because I think you guys would certainly more know more than I do. Well, like Ryden said, right? Yeah, what you got laying around to, to do a change out? These the the change outs that are getting ready to happen are not going to be, you know, cookie cutter change outs anymore. No. The, the equipment, <laughs> the equipment, you know, mid or base sear, mid tier, and high sear. It's that that base 
Sears getting ready to change. You know, everything's getting more technical. Uh, control boards, the the motors, the compressors are changing. You know, two stage compressors for base sear stuff. Like all that's going up, and the cost isn't going to go down. No, I mean it's just it can't happen. Well, and I mean you think about it. You know, there's there's multiple different regulations that are driving this stuff. So you've got um, on one side. Yes, sears changing, but not only is base level sear changing, the whole way we even get sear is all changing. Um, they creatively have named it sear two. You know, good job, guys. <laughs> we thought of that. They should, they should have hired Lucas. Um, I'm saying they should have just called it Silky Rhino. That's what two. I'm talking about. Yes, uh, two point uh, no. <laughs> But so you know. I know Dennis and I have talked about some of this before, but for for Lucas' sake too. So going to Sear 2, essentially what they're doing is they're changing how everything is rated is one part of kind of, I guess it's almost like a four-step thing they were trying to roll out together. So they're changing how stuff is rated. They're changing the efficiency level that the internal components have to be like 10% more efficient than they were before as part of it. Um, they were initially supposed to have refrigerant change in 2023. That has been pushed to 2025. However, you know, all these manufacturers have already spent their millions and hundreds of millions, potentially all collectively to engineer product around a new refrigerant. Um, right. Just because you push. They the, is uh, Department of yeah, Energy. They that is requiring this yeah. is DOE. Um, and then, you know, just because that got pushed back, who knows? It doesn't, it doesn't change what these guys are already having to be prepared to go to market with. So, and then, you know, the final part of it is, you know, what regulations change as far as what you can and can't put in. So one of my biggest topics I've had in the last few weeks, um, and really the last couple of, of work days, I had a couple really long conversations about this on Friday and had another couple today, um, is what, you know, really what's base sear changing to and what can what what you can and can't sell. So for us and for the way the whole industry is going, essentially what would be 15 sear now on a current rating, if you put that on the new rating standard, the new rating standard goes from everything being lab tested at on point one static, which you know, Dennis and most every guy knows is not real world condition at all right no, so that's basically no duck work. yeah so just, you know. the ratings are changing to be rated <laughs> on essentially a 0.5 static which really i wish it was slightly higher but it's well, a bit it's, more real it's world. 0.6 point it's somewhere it's, around 0.6 it's, yeah, between the two right yeah somewhere in there so you know what would be 15s here now if it you know in a perfect world is really only making 14 point something in closer to real world so they're trying to rate everything now closer to a real world condition which in my opinion actually does make sense yep um i'm still not a fan of how they're naming it or how it's looking but it does make sense what they're doing now because it's a fully new rating system you know, just like current AHRI now, if it's not something that's been rated on the current rating standard, you can't put it in. Well, January 1st, so right? Well, yeah, like right now. So 
as of January 21st of 2023, all new product that's going to the market is going to have a sticker and be proof that it has been rated on that new rating system will exist in, you know, an AHRI database, so on and so forth. However, in order for those products to be rated on that new rating system, manufacturers have to pay for their products to get rated on this system. Well, majority of all these manufacturers had new product that was getting ready to go to market with a new refrigerant. So they've paid all this money for that to be what's rated on this new rating system. Now, it just so happened that they've pushed refrigerate or refrigerant change back, but the pressures are so close that basically I think they're just going to be dumping 410 into what these new systems are and they're going to work just fine. Bas- yeah. Um, yeah. And then two years from now, they'll put the new refrigerant in it. But <laughs> the headache is, you know, a current air conditioner for us down here is not rated on this new system. So if we've got an air conditioner sitting in the barn, you know, if we don't sell it by December 31st or it's not put in by December 31st of this year, it's a paperweight because we can't sell it come January 1st. Yeah. I mean, it's that so, the ordering and all that. I was talking to a guy that, that works for us. He's got a, he's got to put in all the orders for us as a distributor, you know, by April 1st, <laughs> like, you know, this weekend. Yeah. So for the year, for the year, like, you know, you try to, and he's trying to go back and look and see what, you know, what the sale history is. And the last two years is not really something to go by. Right. COVID jacked. No, one none up of it makes sense. Supply chains jacked one up and all this. Right. So, uh, you can't just go back four years and go, yeah, we sold this many ACs because, <laughs> You've picked up 10 companies by then, I mean, or more, you know, depending on supply house. But so, uh, yeah, it's getting ready to get a little hairy. Um, so for all that. So the question that I've been dealing with from people is, well, how's anybody going to know? You know, well, who's going to enforce this? Well, isn't this a county thing? Does the county control this? So I had a contractor that I talked to Friday <laughs> that had talked to, you know, his local local inspector for for his county and the inspector's like oh well if your permit's pulled you know you know we're fine with it you know you can put it in when it needs to be done because the question is you know let's say it's november 15th and you're putting in um an ac coal or excuse me a coal and furnace to rough a house in but you know you're not going to set the outdoor unit until may well if you're doing that you better make sure that that outdoor unit that or excuse me that coil and furnace are going to match an outdoor unit that you have to put in next year yeah yeah when you go to register it well the database is not going to let you well and it's not even that so you know the next question was well how you know how's the county going to enforce it well one the county can't enforce it the county can't change it because I said, contractor, if, if the county is saying that you can do this, I said, you better get it from them in writing. I said, because here's the problem. It's not a local or state law. The deadline and the change for 2023 is a federal law, which means it rules a roost over any local law for this. It is a right. federal hard stop. 
Now, nobody may know about it, you know, the first time it happens, but when an inspector goes out and sees it and that piece of equipment doesn't have a 2023 sticker on it, which is going to be one big problem, if the homeowner gets wind of it, the homeowner's going to cry foul. If you yeah. get caught putting one in past that date, they can fine you and then they can force you to change the entire system to a new piece or a new system rated on the new system at your cost. Yeah, that's not cost efficient. That's not cost efficient. So, no. <laughs> you know, that's it is a true hard stop. So, you know, I keep having these conversations with guys that, you know, we have to start planning and you have to start planning on what you're doing, especially if you're doing big custom home construction that takes nine months to trim a freaking system out. Right. You know, either you better buy that unit and you solder it in somehow, some way by December 31st. Um, now, one guy was like, well, what if I soldered this thing in on December 31st and I just call an inspection? I'll fail the inspection, but at least they'll know I put it in before the end of the year. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, that's great. That's not a bad idea. People, but <laughs> people will work harder to try to beat the system than, right? Like, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. That's, that's it. So, you know, the, the big thing is, one... Um, I tell, you know, I've always been a big proponent of dual fuel, especially growing up where I grew up, where it was, you know, propane and cold. It was always, we're putting a heat pump in to save as much as we can for people because there is right. no natural gas in the mountains. Um, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of cases where guys are going to have to start planning on trimming stuff out with heat pump and doing dual fuel because... While we have a hard stop on ACs, we have we can sell heat pumps until they're gone. Yeah, you sell through. We can sell them through. And all of that is because we all know that the DOE is pushing to get away from fossil fuels as much as they can. Even though there's a whole bunch of fossil fuel helping us create all this power they want to use. But, you know, that's a whole other topic. What are you seeing where you're at, Lucas? Are you seeing a lot more heat pumps, or are you seeing a lot of gas? What do you typically see? I mean, uh, like I'd say probably mix here. Um, okay. Yeah, but I, nationally, I don't. I'm I'm in like Pacific Northwest. Um, I suppose it's probably a lot of uh, environmentally driven, like depending on where you are, what kind of what kind of climate you have. Right. Yeah, they're trying to get rid of gas, man, altogether. I know California and well in North Carolina. Yeah, there's a lot of North Carolina trying state. to get rid of it. Yeah, just build neighborhoods and don't run any kind of gas in there at all. Just full power, full electric. I don't know. That power's got to come from somewhere, man. Yep. I don't. I don't know how to look at that, but. Um. So yeah, that's great news, Ryden. Yeah. Awesome. Good uh, pick me up there. Yeah, real pick me up. Sure uh, so what you guys are saying is that everybody needs to make sure that they so walk in their busy season and move units while the calls are coming in. This well, summer. and it's That's it's, it's really. It, I mean, it definitely yeah, is that. Sell out. So definitely uh, <laughs> make sure to check. Uh, I'll definitely put links for EGIA back into our link tree as usual. Um, so that way you can go find some of these resources. 
I really want to get a, a local guy to go through some of that program and have him on here. Yeah, I know. I really do. I mean, I, I was I always try to, because you guys have been good to us, I've always tried to sell it, you know. I want to get somebody on here. and I mean, I can't go through it, you know. I yeah. want to get a guy on here yeah. that's close to us and, and see what he thinks. Yeah, I mean, I'll be happy. It's uh, one whenever we do walkthroughs with um, kind of partner organizations as well, when we're talking to companies to partner with and we'll walk them through the system, it's always a pretty like, wow, like going through the online system, just the online system that doesn't even include. We have in-person workshops, uh, you know, in-person conferences and stuff, but just walking through the online system, people are usually pretty blown away by just kind of how many resources are there. Um, and your whole company gets access, you know, it's not just one person, the whole company has access. You can send your entire CSR team through the customer service module, the classes, see exactly how, you know, what they're scoring on their comprehension quizzes, how far along they've gotten. You can send all of your, you know, comfort advisors through the, uh, you know, in-home sales courses and, and such. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I feel you like you get the nail on the head with... Exactly. Right. The, you know, we're all most of us in this industry or at least some of the owners and stuff are very tech driven. Right. And I feel like, uh, the pride gets in the way mm -hmm. of some of these businesses growing. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like we got the newer generation is seems to be pretty good at using their resources. You know, I always tell guys when I'm giving a training class, they're like, you got a book on this. You got a fold out on this. You got, I'm like, Look, man, everything is on my phone. Like, yep. take pictures of slides when I'm doing the class, right? Like, you got to start using your resources of what we got now. Um, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's understandable. People can, you know, don't want to give up control, right? They built the company. It's their baby. Um, right. And it's, so it's kind of like, I know best. And, and that's totally understandable to, to kind of have that view. But, you know, unfortunately, there are... <clears throat> It's not realistic that any one person is going to be the best at everything, right? Like you might do this very well, but you're just not as strong at, you know, like I said, marketing or, or, or right. Um, I mean, that's why they have different, different disciplines for all these when you study them, right? Marketing or pricing, accounting, financial structure, you know, lead generation, uh, sales. And so, yeah, it's it, it, this, and when you partner with training, it, it just gives you the ability to, you know, to actually get to uplift the whole company, um, bring your whole company up without having to give up a lot of control. You know, it's nobody's asking you to sell the business because you don't know how to get to the next level. You can talk to people who have, um, this is something that I know, uh, one of the trainers, Mark Madison, who I've, I've heard do keynotes a lot. And what he always says is, you know, if you want to get to be a, you know, a million dollar or $10 million, um, contractor, you do that by talking to a million dollar or a $10 million contractor. Somebody's done it. Go talk to them and figure out what they did to get right. There. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of gives you the ability to do that, you know, to, to get in the, you know, pick the brain, see the videos, um, go to the classes of people who have, you know, regularly, um, you know, Gary Ellis probably owns, I don't even know at this point, but you know, he buys a lot of contracting companies. He's probably got half a dozen at least. Um, you know, these are people who have consistently, been able to apply these practices to a, a real life business it's not teaching out of a textbook it's boots on the ground this is what is working right now at a contracting business right yeah i always use my old boss as an example you know he was he was that guy right he pride got in the way and you know we built it up it was a nice company it was everything was working pretty good and he's like yeah we don't need 
we don't need that. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's only been 10 years now that we're <laughs> here, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we 10 years of falling on your face, you know, anybody can make it. Like, yeah. we're talking yeah. about between one and five, right? That's that. That's that crazy time where you got this work coming in. You're like, oh, man, what am I supposed to do now? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you, you either make it or, or not in that first five years. And you got to have some resources to get you over that hump for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what they, they say that, the you know, not specific to our industry, but just in general, the reason most small businesses fail. It's not because they don't, can't get off the ground. It's not because they don't have a good idea. But, you know, the, uh, plenty of small businesses do a good job, but they just they can't, The you know, typically the owner, the CEO or whatever, um, you know, they maybe they're a really good idea person. They're good with their hands in, you know, being the person with the boots on the ground at the beginning. Um, they're but they don't know how to transition into a medium sized business because that's just it's a different skill set, right? Going from small business startup right. to like running, growing to a medium sized business where you're out of startup mentality. Um, that's why so many small to medium sized businesses fail. If the small businesses that that make it a lot of them don't make it to the next step um and so nobody's saying you need to fire yourself and go hire somebody else but you know there are certainly tools and resources training available to to help make sure that you have you know the mindset you you, everybody can develop those skills to to be able to grow their business Um, everybody has the ability to do that that's where you see so many of them get get worried or or start to just kind of kind of lose it is they they kind of almost have a freak out moment happen or when they have that realization that they have to get out of the field and actually go do the business business work. Yeah. And right. they just, they want to fight, they go, want to fight doing that because they're afraid to give up any control of what's going on in the field. And they just fight it and fight it, fight it, fight it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't do ride alongs a hundred percent of the time, right? At some point you gotta, you gotta let them fly or swim or something. <laughs> um, yep. But yeah, it's just, you can't, you can't be there for everything you have to. And that's like, um, I guess this is why we're just like going full circle, right? That goes back to culture, right? That you like, you're instilling a culture, you're hiring the team that you can trust to do that. You know, you don't need to look over their shoulder. Also, your business is not worth anything if it can't operate without you in it. Um, that's it's right. not a saleable business. That's a good point. Yep. Uh, that's the number one thing of any business. If you like, if you, they call it like struggle porn on the internet, you know, this idea that like, oh, I've worked, you know, 80 hours. I haven't taken a vacation four years. And it's like, well, that's not cool. Don't aspire to that. Um, if you're, if your business cannot right. last two weeks without <laughs> you in it, um, you don't have to take a vacation, but if, if it physically cannot operate without you there for two weeks, then it's not a saleable business. You can't sell it. Um, because it, you're, it, there's no business. It's just you. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's, uh, you got to get out of that mindset of like, I have to do everything myself. And, and that's how the, you know, that's how the good businesses go. Right. It's, it's, um, they empower other people. They empower middle managers, um, not just C-suite people, not just, you know, upper management, but they empower middle managers that can, you know, handle the business without having to micromanage every single second of every single role. That's a good point. My wife was always like, sweet. What beach are we going to in October? I'm like, yeah, no, we can't. We can't take a vacation this summer, right? Yeah. October, November. Oh, everything's closed. Sweet, it's awesome down there. <laughs> um. mm-hmm. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's not, you know, and I don't, I don't, I hope I don't sound, uh, uh, I don't patronizing or, or or insulting when I say that. It's it's not it's not intended to to single anybody out. Oh, right. Um, but it's no, just the truth, right? It's, that's that's the thing. I mean, that's and and I think most people <clears throat> have some, not everybody, but most people have some goal in mind that they'd like to sell their business at some point. Um, and there's a lot of things you can do uh, to get ready for that. We actually have a whole 
educational module on how to kind of make your business get ready to actually sell it, make it saleable. But, um, you know, one of those things is, yeah, like I said, you just, if, if you, if it can't operate without you, then it's not a, it's not really a business. It's just a guy or gal. All right. So I know you're a sports guy secretly have your little, uh, college <laughs> podcast there. Ah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like we need to it's get not into that little. Uh, it's not that little. It's pretty I know, impressive. It's not, it's not little. It's pretty it's impressive. I've been listening listeners. to it. It's got a few listeners. <laughs> um, this is kind of a sore little deal for me here. Um, I kind of took over a youth flag football team. <laughs> um, and it's and my AirPods are dying here. Um, yeah, it's so it's nine to eleven. Uh, girls flag football. Is it your so, daughter or is this a random flag football team? Yeah, it's my daughter and I got roped in, right? I walked out there for her to do her little tryouts, like a combine almost, right? <laughs> and, nice. uh, yeah. And, you know, the guy's like, hey, man, I remember you. She was on my soccer team. I'm like, yeah, hey, what's going on, man? It's like, yeah, she's wanting to do this. You know, it's kind of cool. It's at the Y, you know, it's like four teams. It's nothing huge. And AirPods are dying. Ah. Oh, no. Yeah, I think he's totally toast. I still see the occasional noise there, but yeah. (laughs) This sounds like a bad episode of Roy D. Mercer. (laughs) Hey, Hey, this is Roy D. Mercer. and uh, (laughs) Yeah, I've lost my headphones. Give me a second. I don't know what happened. I thought this sounds like a great, what is it? God, what was the show? Crank Yankers. Yes, that's what we should be doing yeah, right now. I remember that. Dang it, Lucas. I'm totally drunk. Jerky boys. Well, crap. He can't hear you. I didn't even think about that, Lucas. I'm sitting here talking to all three of you. Dennis is on speaker on the cell phone. <laughs> this is like the greatest technical difficulties ever. Because it's just full jerky boys. God, I'm trying to think. Uh... I'm trying to think the last stand-up that Chris and I watched. Chris and I watched a ton of stand-up, which I guess if you're a Nate Bargatze fan, you probably watch a decent bit of stand-up. Um, yeah, I'll do. I'll check out the stand-ups on Netflix every once in a while. We just watched uh, Foxworthy's new one. It was pretty funny. I just watched oh. that one. It's pretty funny. I didn't know you had a new one. What's it on? Uh, it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, uh, I was growing up. I don't Random as hell, because I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and Foxworthy is like, pretty southern in his style, but... Uh, when I was growing up, I was like, like die hard listening to like, the first two or three albums over and over and over again. Oh, I did too. So, yeah, I should check it out. Uh, every time I get a little bit toasted and I hear Jeff Foxworthy, I have to make a reference. And my wife always knows it seems to be the same ones. She's like, I know, I know. And she'll repeat it for me. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I do this. Anytime somebody talks Just about Alabama, I'm, I'm like, we've seen Alabama on the map. It's purple. And it's a random throwaway line <laughs> from like the first Jeff Foxworthy album where somebody, like he says he was just in Alabama and people start cheering and he goes, oh, you're from Alabama? And he goes, no. You're just like, oh, we've seen Alabama on the map. It's purple. Uh, and so I don't know, for some reason that one's stuck in my head. connected, but I don't want to hear you. My God. I'm sorry, Dennis. <laughs> it is ironic that the tech guy is the one having tech problems. Just throwing yeah. that out there. That is no backup. It's an HVAC system. I can fix it. 
Oh gosh, in the freaking Olympics. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. What are you giving her? <laughs> the Southern Olympics. Going to him that goat in. <laughs> <laughs> Fencing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Going to him that goat in. <laughs> oh, Lord. Let's see. What other funny comedians can we fill space with, Lucas? <laughs> uh, there was a new. Uh, so, on one of the episodes of the stand ups, which is, I don't know if you know that one. That, that, oh, like, yeah, the yeah. 30 minute stand up show think on Netflix. We just watched some of those too. Yeah, there was a guy called Dusty Slay who was pretty funny. Long, straight hair. Uh, yes. And yes. Actually, he was just on the podcast today, too. And he had the trucker hat on, and he's like, I yeah. don't look yeah, like yeah. a guy who'd wear this trucker hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he kept his, like, his, like, his catchphrase was like, instead of being like the comedian who says, are we having fun yet? He kept going, we're having fun, we're having fun. Yeah. Whenever he would drop a joke, it wouldn't go well. He'd go, well, we're having fun, we're having fun. Yeah, he was good. Alright, let me try this again here. Welcome back, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> we lost you wow. there for a minute. Uh Tech Guy, technical difficulties. Yep. And uh, <laughs> Lucas and I did a piss poor job of carrying the show. So what would we do without Dennis? I don't know. <laughs> I would just still sit here and pretend and well, half the time I'll admit there's shows where I don't say a whole lot because I honestly just get so in depth i guess not in depth but i just get so in tune listening to the conversation i'm such a big fan of our own show i guess sometimes that i disappear in it i I just like i just love listening to where conversations are going and sometimes i I don't want to jump in the middle of that i just want to want to see where it goes that's that was the the regulations the tech conversation for me i was very you guys know a lot more about that stuff than i do very interested to hear that's that my my stuff doesn't touch like my job doesn't touch that stuff as much but i know it's such a huge macro issue that impacts the whole industry that kind of curious to interesting to hear two people who know what they're talking about kind of go in on it well i guess you heard one you sure as hell didn't hear me know what i'm talking about (laughs) all i know is that uh, the local county inspector does not get to tell you what you do this is the federal law boys that's it write that down yeah we're good on that yeah so, all right. So, who do you who do you got in the? Uh, what's the last two teams we're gonna watch play in the uh, March Madness, Lucas? Ooh, um, <laughs> I mean, so let's see. Nova just lost a starting guard, and they only played six people anyway. So that, that feels like a <laughs> right no go for Nova. So they're not doing five man rotation. So I'm gonna take Kansas out of that side. And I guess I'll take Duke because it seemed like such an anomaly oh, that UNC just, hammered Duke so horribly at home to end the season. That'd be hilarious if they did it again, though. Yeah. I mean, you know what? If Coach K, I, I, I say this. If Coach K had to come down to it, he'd probably almost rather play Carolina last than anybody else. Oh, but yeah. if he loses to him, God, he's going to hate himself so bad. But Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm a Tar Heel fan, so sorry, Coach K, if we kick <laughs> your ass. But yeah, know. so our, our our work meeting we had was at Cherokee Casino, right? And they got a new sports book. So I threw some bets down while I was in there. You can you can mail them in if you win. Um, but so I threw twenty on North Carolina to win the whole thing, which was pretty good. It pays. Uh, I think it pays six six hundred bucks. You know, not bad for twenty bucks. Yeah, um, especially this late in the game. That's yeah. Very so good. I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're a golf. 
you watch any golf? Keep up with any golf at all? Uh, no, I like listen to PGA or anything. I listen to the Tony Kornheiser show, and before every uh, like major event, not not Capital M major, but like every you know prominent event, right. he has Steve Sands from the Golf Channel on, and Steve Sands tells me who to bet on, and so I bet on whoever Steve right. Sands tells me to bet on. <laughs> so that's why I did not win the last one, which was I think I had Francesco Molinari, uh, Colin Morikawa. And I think Lowry. But okay, are you gonna tell me who to bet on? Because I'm taking what's I don't even know what's coming up, but I'll I, I need some. Well, so we just had the the Dale the match play, which I don't know if they do. I think they just do that one time a year um, that have match play championship. But I got Valero Texas so, Open coming up. Is that the next one? Yes, that's coming up. Okay. Do you this have a... one just was just Sunday finished up. Just yeah. uh, just this past Sunday, but so I had Kevin Kisner, who's like 29th in the world, and I threw 20 on him to win the match play, and he made it to the last two guys <laughs> and lost. But he was playing like a 25 year old uh, Scotty Scheffler, and he's like 38. Like he had to play two rounds on Sunday, he was done. Like that's a big, it's a big gap in age there. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, even though it's golf, it's still, they're, they're walking, you know, they're doing the whole thing. So, um, almost nailed that one. That was, that would have been a good little, little scrape up there. But anyway, what I was getting into with the youth sports, right? I don't know. You, you got kids, you got kids in sports, kids I, at all. I do not. Okay. So I grew up playing, you know, I know Ryden grew up playing football, I don't know what all we grew up playing. I grew up playing baseball, but baseball for me, youth, not football. Youth sports are are on the struggle, man. I hate to come on here and say that, <laughs> but gosh, man, they're just they're they've changed a lot since I was a kid. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff has, right? But um, can't get coaches. Nobody wants to volunteer. Everybody wants to show up and and bitch, right? But nobody wants to coach. Um, so. Yeah, so my daughter signs up for this team, flag football, girls, 9 to 11. I'm like, that's kind of cool, right? It's five on five. Um, and there's four teams. And our coach, is he picked the – we're the Dallas Cowboys, so that was the first red flag. Um, <laughs> but uh, – <laughs> so he's like, hey, you want to help me coach? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure, man. I'll, I mean – Friday, one Friday night practice and a Saturday game. That's all it is. That's the commitment. Um, it's one hour, right? I'm like, yeah, I can help, man. I'll, I'll throw some passes or, you know, whatever. Yeah, no, he can't make it to the, the practice, can't can't make it to the game. He's texting me like, how'd, how'd you do Saturday? Oh. I'm like, dude, <laughs> dude, come on, man. Like, he totally shit on me. Um He's like, well, I'll make it to that. We got like one Sunday game. I can make it to that. I'm like, why did you sign up to coach, man? Like, really? Um, uh, yeah, so I got that going for me. And, and so here's the deal. Like, I, the first game, I go out there, and I'm I'm probably more nervous than the kids, right? Like, did I mention they were girls, right? It's 9 yeah. <laughs> to 11-year-old girls. i throw that out there. Um, so I can be on the field – 
and call the plays in the huddle and i just kind of stand back there when they when the play forms like they're not out there by themselves so there's my buddy who's coaching the bills he walks out there so it's just like me versus him the it's, like, it's like madden <laughs> it's, it's it's like madden it like madden. i got this little dry erase board right and i'm I'm trying to draw these plays out that these girls have not seen in their life. And I'm trying to beat him. And it, it literally felt like I was playing Madden. Like that's not the stupid play where I run downfield and act like I'm lost. Is it? Oh man. I'm like, he he's, he's like three years in, right? He's got like, he looks like Georgia tech back there with, uh, he's got like nine pandoffs and, flea flickers and all this crap going on and he just completely destroyed me but um is there much passing at that level or is it mostly it's like yeah it's like wing t like nah, run the ball every time we can't really throw it on field right so you got a center and a quarterback and you got three you got to do something with right so uh so just like NFL girl on our team back in the day for n64 yes. right yeah. right <laughs> right so classic dude when the game started i'm like man trying to come up with a play like right then and they i got two or three kids on the team that they don't even know what a football is <laughs> i mean for real seriously like uh but we got a our quarterback can she can launch one down but she throws it everybody's head right she don't she don't throw at their stomach and Chest. she can whip a spiral man but she it's too much yeah. she's just humming it and they can't catch it i mean they literally can't catch it um, so yeah, so I was trying to come. We we did pull off a couple, couple long passes. Um, you know, you start on the five yard line, and if you get past half the field, that's first down. First right? You get yeah, four sure. tries to get past half the field, and then uh, you get inside five yards. You can't. It's a no run zone, so you can't run once you get the red zone there. But um, interesting, man. It's interesting. I don't think I'll do it again. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, probably, probably it's, you, know, uh, you know, you weren't expecting the full the full experience that uh, you apparently signed no, up I was for. Really, I was, <laughs> I was really looking forward to helping. Um, yeah, I show up. I'm like having a little parent meeting. I'm like, look, guys, I didn't sign up for this, but I'm gonna, you know, give it hell. But <laughs> so, like, this would be like, like like Will Smith is head coach responsibilities, and Martin Lawrence is or no, Martin Lawrence <laughs> and uh, Chris Rock is you. <laughs> <laughs> Martin Law. I miss me some Martin Law. Well, you know, they were in bad boys together, you know. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah you're, you're I'm Chris gonna Rock. I'm going to make a meme for that. Yeah. You're Chris Rock. <laughs> and it's, it's, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just want to help. And, and he just slaps me. Head like, coaching no, you're coaching. Is, written on, is written on Will Smith's face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we can just, we can make these memes in real life. <laughs> you know, the first, the first, we were on defense first, right? And this, there's one girl on there that's just, she's got an opinion on everything. Like, why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we doing that? Can we run this play? Can we run that play? And I'm like, look, you're killing me. Just, just be quiet. Let me, let me, let me <laughs> figure this hand out. Her, hand her the dry erase board and say, here you go. Yeah. Have fun. So she goes, I want to, I want to blitz, right? So on defense, you got to stand behind a seven yard cone out. And if you want, that person can run in to get the quarterback, but, once you cross the line of scrimmage, that quarterback can run. So she's like, I want to be the, I want, I want to blitz. I'm like, all right, go out there and blitz. She runs in that quarterback's probably the fastest kid oh, in the league. Geez. She just zips out yeah. and that, 
the girl on our team falls, which makes it even worse, and that girl scores a touchdown, and she cried the whole game, <laughs> literally crying. And I'm I'm standing over there looking around like, what am I supposed to do with this? I mean, there's no uh, crying in flag football. I'm looking at my wife across the field. Right, that's what my dad said. There ain't no crying in flag football. I'm looking across the field at my wife like. You want to come over here and get this? Like, I don't know what to do with I mean, there's a lot I want to say to this kid, but I can't. Um, <laughs> like, what am I? Yeah, man, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. But we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah I got some more Madden, more Madden this weekend, some real-life Madden. Yeah, uh, so you got to, I mean, now you got to, like, play some Madden at home. It's like homework. That's true. Right? Yeah. Straight running plays. That's what I'm going to do this weekend. It's all. It's going to be all running plays. Yeah. My my ill advised. You said you were just at an, at an event at the casino. So I was. I went to uh, uh, HVAC Excellence, which is like the ESCO Group's um, technical conference for like HVAC educators uh, in Vegas last week. And I was there for you know we talked about this last time the foundation workforce development foundation. So I was trying to connect with the uh, trade schools. And so while I was there, I was like, I should go be a good fan. And I. <laughs> Put a hundred dollars <laughs> on uh, the Mariners to win the World Series. They've never been to the World nice. Series before, nice. so I mean, it's not the what smartest the, bet. But what was the odds on that? Uh, twenty-eight to one. So hundred bucks pays twenty-eight hundred. There you go. Yeah, twenty-eight. Okay. I think I got like one hundred seven or so, whatever it took to get to three thousand, even the payout. So you know, they've never been yeah. before, but um, that just means that they're due, right? That's right. Yeah, I think they're the only one that hasn't been before i guess i think previously it was the uh, nats but the nats won a few years ago so yeah i think they're the only team that's never been to the world series so good for them so one of the guys that was in our little group last week he put a hundred on on north carolina and i think he put a hundred on duke so it might be a wash there but ah, i'm not a hedger uh, guy like make you know say with your chest no hedging here right right yeah he's so he put a hundred on on north carolina which um, I think I put twenty on them. Pays uh, six hundred bucks or something. Yeah, that's not bad at all. We'll see. Yeah, I, I did mean, get into a little craps. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that I did that's, get into that some table's craps. our only friend in us. It is a good <clears> table. <throat> it's a, so it's a digital table, but you throw dice on it. It's <laughs> like a. Yeah, it's like they put bubble craps plexiglass. on a regular table, basically. Yeah, so you got your own little betting screen where you can kind of do your own thing. And then when it's your turn, you can reach, stand up and, and roll the dice on this table, which is, so there's no chips on the table, but it, like I said, it's kind of like plexiglass. It's not felt, um, but man, I can roll on that thing for real. <laughs> if, I swear, uh, if, you, if you even have a basic dice set and just can hit a landing zone you can throw on that table pretty well yeah so i rolled i rolled 33 times my first roll on it <laughs> which if you're in, if you know anything about craps that's a lot it's a, yeah, shit, a lot buddy. of rolls no kidding it is Jesus. the guy so the guy next to me had 600 bucks when i walked up and he walked off with five grand just on my roll Jeez. yeah he started once he seen once i got past 10 rolls he started to hammer down on the on the the bets and yeah i roll i finally rolled a seven on the 33rd time and he's like cash out i'm out of here 
<laughs> He's like, yeah, I just, I just. He should have gave you, know, you a tip. I made like forty five hundred. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, that's that's a commission situation. I feel like. Yeah, that's a five dollar table too. That's a cheap table. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. All right, so uh, you got anything else you want to talk about on some EGIA? You covered pretty much everything. I know y'all got. You said you you got some stuff coming up that, you know, once it comes out, shoot it to us and we can. Yeah, for sure. Do a little do a little social media posting. Yeah, well, like can... like you said, you know, uh, sorry to jump on you, Lucas. No, but, please. Uh, today. You know, we're recording this earlier, but the day you're listening to it today, on Friday, it is all live today. So go to our Instagram, click our link tree links, and you can get links all to EGIA right there. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, for sure. We uh, we got some event announcements coming up as well that I'll keep you all in the loop on. I know you guys are always uh, uh, involved there, so um, we'll be announcing the upcoming of the upcoming the big upcoming events uh in the next <clears throat> probably two weeks and then um, yeah other than that i mean we, we covered it you know head to egia it's uh, mycontractuniversity.com or just egia.org egia.org but um you can head there to kind of see everything that's available uh start a free trial no risk absolutely free um gives you access to all the online education uh, 30 days free um yeah, I just uh, rewrote the fall workshop schedules, so that'll be hitting pretty quick here too. That's virtual and in-person workshops available to members. Um, so we always try to schedule uh, like active workshop stuff, you know, live workshops, be they virtual or in-person um, in the shoulder seasons, obviously. Most people don't want to pull out of their business in July, so um, just kind of running right. out the spring lineup right now, and then they'll get fired back up in um in the fall, we do a couple during the summer, but um, really it's going to be that seizing the summer stuff during the summer. There's going to be the, kind of the main focus of our content. Um, but yeah, the, the, so you can look for it, events.mycontractoruniversity.com. Um, you'll see the, the fall events coming up pretty quick. There's also some Optimus Financing um, kind of free virtual workshops and stuff that are giving people an idea how to grow their business with financing. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots of good stuff. Um, you know, there's plenty of stuff. Uh, EGI is a membership organization, but there's plenty of stuff you can get access to for free without joining too. So just, you know, we're out there trying to, trying to help people build better businesses. So, um, you, know, you can do that just through membership. You can do that just by kind of consuming our, our weekly newsletter. The contractor's business blueprint has a ton of free educational resources as well. So, um, just trying to help people out. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for, for the platform as always really enjoy talking to you guys. Um, always a pleasure. Always happy to be here. Thanks for coming Sweet. on as always, Lucas. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks, sure. man. For sure. Thank you. And uh, send us a picture of some of your beers you got. You're oh, I will. Tinkering with out there. A little Ill, ill-tempered gnome. Three tempered. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The third tempered gnome. Third tempered gnome, yeah. Yeah, my beer of the month club is actually showing up uh, this week. So we'll uh, we'll see what's in there. Hoping for some oh. something. Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. All right, man. Well, have a good night, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks as always, guys. Take it easy, man. See you, man.